Hi and welcome to Leitrim Daily. You're listening to episode number 108 of the podcast. Today it's Sunday and it's Kiss My Arts. I'm your host, Orla McNabola. Next weekend, both Fina and Drumkieran will see the first ever book launch of none other than Mr. Andy Redekin. Now, Andy is originally a Fina man, but he moved to Drumkieran over 50 years ago. Let me tell you, he's not a blow-in there anymore. He got stuck in in Drumkieran with regards to community development. You'll hear him talking about his involvement with the Credit Union, with local drama events and local GAA, to name just but a few. And of course, we can't forget at the moment, Andy is the president of the Leitrim County Board. The book he has coming out, it's called Deeply Rooted. It's a collection of 16 beautiful, precious stories of fiction. And no doubt they'll transport the reader straight back to 1940s, 1950s Ireland. They're happy, lighthearted stories and the readers will be able to identify with the characters and also with the settings because they're set in Leitrim, Longford and in London. So Andy is here to tell me all about the ins and outs of his wheel of life and the writing of his first ever book. Andy, welcome along. Thank you very much, Orla. Andy, you've just written your first book. Tell us a little bit about it. Well, I've just written my first book, I suppose. It was coming a while. I have 15 grandchildren and four of them are in England and I came to the conclusion at one time that those four would know nothing about their grandparents or their great-grandparents. So I started off writing one story that would capture life in way back in the 1940s and the 1950s. So as I was writing the story, I decided that I should write fiction because I think it would be more dramatic for the reader. And I suppose the fact that I'd been writing drama and involved in drama meant that I would have a better grasp of writing a dialogue and characterization, putting them all together. So I started off with my first one. And uh, my first story was Forked Lightning, based on a story that one time was told to me by my father. And that's part of the collection coming out called Deeply Rooted. Uh, yeah, Deeply Rooted. Well, as the title would suggest, Deeply Rooted would be that uh, the stories are deeply rooted in my life. My life in Fina, where I grew up. My life sometimes working in England. And I suppose my life in Leitrim. All of those had a ma- major influence on my writing and my thoughts. And I started off that way. The first story, of course, in the book is, uh, is about myself. I wrote My Wheel of Life, and I suppose maybe <laughs> I, might, I shouldn't have written it anyway. Maybe my family mightn't be too happy because it does ca- capture my life where I started in Fina and then went on to St. Bells and Longford. I got a, a scholarship to do agricultural science in Galway in the university, and um, I had to do physics and chemistry, which I'd never seen, so I had to. to three unhappy years trying to get exams and I threw the lot there and went to London so my wheel of life I go along and I go from that to I went from from London to Cork where I studied and got a degree in arts English history and geography and came back to Drumkeerden in 67 started teaching there what really brought my wheel of life around to the I suppose the full circle would be that uh, two years ago I directed a play in Fina, my home place, where they had formed the Fina Drama Troupe. So I got great satisfaction over doing that. I was back at home. I suppose I never left Fina, so in my mind I never did. But I really have to say that I went to the Runkieran 
and I found the Dungiran people extremely nice because it was easy to get a job teaching way back in 67 because they started off the leaving their course in the vocational schools and all that. I liked Dungiran. I settled down there. Irene and I got married in 1971 and we had five children. And I suppose that's the start of it all. My life there, I got involved in everything nearly going in the play, in Dunkirin itself, working with development and GAA, drama, credit union. There was nothing I wasn't involved with. I wouldn't have done it if only for Irene was accommodating and, and, and encouraging me to do it as well. There's no doubt you got stuck in. Tell me a little bit about the plays then. When did the playwriting begin? I wrote my first play. I had hoped to have it done for in 1998. And you see, the French came through the Dunkirin in 1798 and uh, they camped in Dunkirin and one character, Tom Gilhaney was his name, he's a folk hero, he's supposed to have met the French around Cologne or someplace and he went with them to Pandemuk and he escaped back from it, he came back alive but his story is a great story, a heroic story. So I sort of took him as my central character and I took the play back in time, you know, that way. I even put some French into it. That was the start of it. And then when I retired from teaching, I saw the little article in the Leitrim Observer that Smashing Times Theatre Company in Dublin were looking for people to do the certificate course in community drama. I applied for it and I got on it. I was the grandfather on the course, I'd say, literally and metaphorically. And actually I was that because I had retired from teaching at that stage. There were 20 on it. It was outreach in Northern Ireland. And I would say it was maybe 50-50 Catholic, Protestant. I'm not too sure. We never discussed the religion. But I have to say they were the best two years, one, two of the best years of my life because I really enjoyed it. We started on a Friday evening at 7 o'clock and we finished on Sunday at 3. It was residential. It was paid for peace and reconciliation. It was once a month, 150 hours. And so I ended up which are first-class honours in that. And I started doing uh, youth drama workshops in Dunkirin with the youth. Probably the most satisfactory thing ever I did because I saw young people losing their inhibitions, growing in confidence, growing in self-esteem. And at the start, very, very timid. But when we finished, we could all be on stage because we took issues that was going at the time, on drugs and drink and bullying, and we devised scripts that I wrote, and we put on three plays at the end of each year, and it was one of the most satisfactory things I've, I've done. Isn't that great? And it just shows you're never too old for education. I suppose the way I look at it is, I was always involved with youth. I did, I did 38 years with football with youth in Drumcairton, in the Loch Island College, in the club, and with the national school. I was coaching teams and involved with them, so that's what kept me young. And your book launch is coming up next weekend, the 26th and the 27th. Can you tell us a little bit about the stories that I'll find when I finally get my hands on the book? Well, there are 16 stories, and they will, there are 226 pages in the book. There's three or four of them, four probably, set in Fina, maybe, maybe more, five. There is one in Drumcairn, and others, you could put them universal, that would be maybe London, or you could put them any place, cite them any place. I started off with my wheel of life. The person who advised me to do that, the mentor, was Brian Layden, who helped me to organize the story. So Brian encouraged me and advised me to show myself, my character. So I wrote first My Wheel of Life. 
and in that it takes me all the places from Fina, as I said before, to Langford, to Galway, to London, to Cork, and back to Dunkirk, and I suppose back to Fina when I was directing a play there. So that's my wheel of life and all my fortunes and misfortunes within that. A good, so, honest account. Oh, it is, to be honest with you, I will probably too brave. People <laughs> will know too much about me. But I'm not worried about that now at this stage. The family, they'll be tolerant. Yeah, so that's the first. And the second one is a story of forked lightning. And I suppose in it, it really captures the spirit of the times. It's about a workaholic who had a job for every Sunday of his life and his wife was sick of that and it ended up anyway that he found out that he had no job lined up for one Sunday. He was to sharpen the blades of his bowing machine but he discovered that they were broken. One of his sons had broken them. But he had fallen out with his six sons because he was, I suppose, very, very, very slow to change farming methods and all that, and they wanted to change, and he had fallen out with the six. Himself and the wife were there. She was very lonely, and life was going along like that. But suddenly, there came a change. I don't want to tell the whole story because that... But there came a change anyway, and it's a happy story. It ends up very happy. One of the things that was in my mind very much when I was writing that story was... I've seen, uh, and I've seen it in my father and mother, I suppose, too. You never saw much expression of physical love or hugging or anything like that. But deep down, there was a great affection with older people that they never saw, especially farming and things like that, you know. And that comes out in the book. It comes out in the book. That love that's there, it's never shown but it's there between a husband and wife, you know. And you would never think it, you know. When you be a young fella years ago, you never, you didn't see them going around sitting on their knees or hugging one another or anything like that. But that was one of the things that was it. I was very ill when I was 11. So uh, the next story is go for the doctor and the priest. And my sister had to, and had to cycle to Mall to get a doctor and she had to go, cycle down to round back, come back to Foxfield to get the priest. And that's the story. It's a story in itself. And the reason I wrote it was, there was a couple of things in that is that uh, the priest and the doctor, they had such power at that time, you know. And people were afraid to challenge them and not, but she had to challenge them because she was so concerned. And I also took in a bit about the Finneville, which is a story in itself later on. The person nowadays with their laptop and their phones and all that, would not be able to comprehend that the only way we could make contact with a doctor that time was to cycle 10 miles and do that. So that was one of the reasons I wanted to bring that in there. And of course the determination to do that, you know, when it come out in the story. And it has a happy ending, I'm here still, thank God. And the story following that is called Rooster's Cocks, Thieves and Queer Fellas. Now, Brewsters and Cox, there's a similarity in those two. Thieves and queer fellas, I suppose there is, but in all the ways around you, people, reader will discover that the Roosters, Cox, Thieves and queer fellas were all the one. It's a story. It's about childhood innocence. It's about the taboo that was sex at the time. It's a young, it's a young fellow story about sex. It's about turkeys, and that time. Uh, they brought a turkey to the, what we call it, the, the rooster, or the tur- turkey cock, or the queer fellow, <laughs> or, or the thief. And uh, they brought the turkey there, but it was put in a box or into something, and you might see the tail. There was a secrecy about it all. 
And then uh, this young fella, he got to know too much and he got involved in it. And he felt guilty and afraid and everything of the priests and all that. It's a story, that's a story. It's possibly the best story in the book. It's very funny, full of life. There's one called The Station, you know, the old stations. There's one called my mother, the bone setter. My mother was a bone setter. I've seen hundreds come into our house. And it was at a time when there was no orthopedics or anything in hospitals. And the bone setter filled a very important role in society. And I write that as it starts off with my mother. It's, it's a fiction. I write fiction. And I, I do an actual diagnosis. And then I go on from that to the actual setting and the ones coming back, and all those entailed with that. So people would like the story. I've written one, it's called The Challenge. It's based on a story I heard about a match between Mole and Fina. And now, of course, it's the characters are all fictional, but the story is based on a story I heard. People will enjoy it, because it is very funny. It captures, well, it captures the time, because it's in the 50s, and it captures what people would do to play Gaelic football at that time, cycling on their bicycles. And for the Mohol crowd to come to Fianna to play the match, they had to cycle. They had, some of them went to the carrier of bicycles. There was two on nearly every bicycle, but there was one car and it brought a, a crowd of them. You know, It's a good story. And like all stories I've written, is there is a very, very positive, happy ending to it. The strife ends on the field and... The relationships start, you know, the good relationships. It's all the stories. I think that's one thing I was very conscious of, that uh, there should be reconciliation no matter where there was strife, you know. I like that in plays as well. I don't like plays that end tragically and sorrowfully. One of them is called Sacred Roots in the Heart, set in London, and it ends up in Ireland. Inspired so, by your London days. I mean, London days, it's about, I don't know, we all know about the people who are successful, we don't know much about the people who are down and outs. He's rescued and he finds Ireland back again. That story, there's a long story in why he's there. The other story then, which is part two of that story, is Thou shalt not commit adultery. Yes, I actually read about this one. Was it mentioned in the paper this it's, week? It's mentioned, there's an extract from it uh, and a, a blurb on the back of it there. This woman never thought she'd see him back. He was forced out of his home because wife left him and that was an awful thing that him. It was bringing scandal not only to, him, to himself but to his parish and he was maligned from the altar, you know, like when he came back. I have one, something found, something lost. It's a, it's a quite a personal story, I suppose. I had a, a very, very precious object that my mother gave me. It was, as a matter of fact, it was a sacred heart, a small little sacred heart picture of Karen. And when I was in university, I wasn't getting on that well, so I think she rescued me with that. And I grew the story of it, the story, you'll find the story that's good on there. I write one back to school. I take four of us back to Manny National School, where we went to school. I had an outstanding teacher, Master Rillens. He was an outstanding, he was my inspiration, I suppose. So I had to go back there. He had a remarkable store of folklore. We really, really lived the folklore he told us, so I wanted to recapture that as well. Oh, I write one in Dunkirden. It's called The Immigrant. I meet him on the mountain, and he grew up in the 1930s, Dunkirden. 
and he's back, he's 90-something. I think it's one of the nicest stories I've written in my life. So that's most of the stories that are in it. But I know one thing anyway, once people get the stories, they will enjoy them. They will because my daughter-in-law edited the book for me. That photograph you saw, maybe, or the picture on there, that's my home place, looking down on the lake. And from time to time, I do a bit of landscape painting. Don't tell me you're a painter as well. Uh, well, <laughs> sometimes. Jack of all trades, Andy. Uh, well, I suppose you could say that maybe master of none of them wouldn't matter. I wouldn't agree. Um, I painted my home place, the other side of the lake from the road. I got a lovely picture, a photograph of a painter from my brother in London. And he has that picture up in London. I'm very lucky. I suppose one of the things about me was I was always dabbling in writing. and I started off writing scripts for the novelty acts for the GAA. The ICA was very strong in Dunkirden, around the 70s, 80s, Irish Country Women's Association. They had competitions, so I used to write the script for them and direct them on the stage. I don't think I was supposed to be. I think at that time you had to be ICA to do that, but I did it for them anyway. And I got into the writing there, and I suppose that's one of the reasons I still do it. I'm hoping to do maybe a more detailed thing of the calendar year on the farm involving my father, the whole family ourselves, because children were workforce when I was young. One of my stories is the Guggerer, G-U-G-G-E-R-E-R, and it'll bring life back for many people in Ireland. Leitrim and Longford, mostly, because that was it, the Guggerer, setting potatoes. He wasn't doing the setting, a woman or a man did the setting with a steaming, and the young person did the Guggering. So I dramatise that because I bring, I bring back, I meet someone in Balnamore and I think I capture life in Balnamore as well. Do you know what I'm really looking forward to this book for? This is going to appeal to people of all ages because for people who, let's say, would have grown up in 1950s Ireland, it's going to be a step back in time for them and they're going to reminisce. But then for the likes of me who wasn't raised in 1950s Ireland, I'll actually get an insight into what it was like. Well, my daughter-in-law edited the book, you know, and she said to me last night, she says, what are you charging for that book? And I said, 10 euro, because I don't want to make money on a book. I want to show life as it was and bring people back to that. And I also want to show it to my grandchildren and people nowadays. So my daughter-in-law said to me, she said, I think it should be 15. She said, I really enjoyed it. And she's She's just in the 40 or the early 40s, you know. Yes, and she yes, said yes. to me it was a huge insight into life as it was on rural Ireland in the 1940s, 50s, early 60s. What you've done is absolutely amazing. Gotten a snapshot of County Leitrim and Longford in that time. So hats off to you. Thanks. I'm very lucky in the two people that were launching it because Father Tommy Gregan, he's a priest in Fina. And Father Tommy was a very good Leitrim player. And he did at least 50 years on the missions in Africa. He's hale and hearty. And I had the good fortune to play with him, with Fina. I think he was sent half back when we played in the championship in 1960. And I was right half back. And we were good friends. So I'm very fortunate to get him. He's a great man. And then Drumkirden, for the Drumkirden launch, I've got uh, Sean Breffney. Flynn. He's called Breffney Flynn. I throw that in because he has a big pyramid Dublin. Breffney Plantire. He's one of the most generous people ever walked, especially to Leitrim causes and to Drumkirden causes and Leitrim J.A. causes. So I felt I'd be honoured to have those two men, Tommy Green and Father Tommy and Sean Flynn.
And the book launch, Andy, next Saturday, the 26th in FINA at 8 o'clock, am I right? Yeah, Saturday, and the 26th at 8 o'clock, and in Drumkearden on the Sunday afternoon at 2.30. The timing was mostly to accommodate people travelling, you know. So, and especially the bank holiday weekend. May I wish you the very best of luck with it. I can't wait to get my hands on the book. Thanks a million, Andy. You're very welcome. And thank you for having me. There you have him, the gentleman that is Andy Redican. As you heard there, Andy's book will be launched in FINA Community Centre next Saturday, the 26th of October at 8 in the evening. Father Tommy Greenan will be at hand to launch the book. Also the day after then, next Sunday, the 27th of October, the book will be launched again at half two in the afternoon in Drumkeeran Community Centre and that will be launched by Sean Breffney Flynn. I for one am hugely looking forward to getting my hands on a copy of the book. Just a side note from us here at Leitrim Daily, you can now follow us on social media to keep in the loop with all things happening inside the county. All you have to do is search Leitrim Daily on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter or even YouTube. We have our own YouTube channel now and it has the daily podcasts put up there as well. We'd love to hear from you through them to help us keep creating great content. Just find us through our social media, leave us a comment, let us know exactly what Leitrim art you think should feature on Kiss My Arts. Coming up in the next two weeks on the show, we will be taking in-depth looks into two great North Leitrim arts venues. We'll be talking to Brendan Murray, director at the Glens Centre in Manor Hamilton, and also in store in the next while is a trip to the Ballroom of Romance in Glenfarn. We'll be chatting to Niall Speak all about the venue there. Of course, as I said, if anything pops into your mind or if you know of a great artist who definitely has to be on the show, don't hesitate to get in touch with us. I've been Orla McNabola. This has been episode number 108 of Leitrim Daily. Kiss my arts with none other than Mr. Andy Redican. Good evening, Gospel Lechelish and Arish. Slánagas Banacht. <laughs>